Carly is a sophomore at Harvard majoring in computer science and mathematics. With friends, Carly launched Wave Learning Festival back in April 2020 in response to long-standing educational inequities exacerbated by the COVID-19 pandemic. Within a few months, Wave Learning Festival was able to serve over 300 free live engaging seminars on diverse topics like the mathematics of burritos to quantum physics. Wave Learning Festival was able to serve curriculum to over 12,000 students from all 50 states and 62 countries around the world. Wave Learning Festival partnered with over 600 schools and community organizations serving low-income and homeless youth to ensure their resources can reach those who need them most. Wave Learning Festival has also launched their free tutoring program, college application series, and career series to provide support and guidance to students making their way in online school. In this episode, we discuss Wave's founding story, Carly's career journey and entrepreneurship experience, as well as advice she has for aspiring entrepreneurs. Welcome, Carly, to the podcast. Thank you so much for being here. Where are you calling from? Hey, Rachel. Um, I'm calling from Palo Alto, California, and thanks so much for having me here today. Yeah, I'm so interested in learning more about Wave Learning Festival. So where did it start? Sure. So basically back in March, colleges were all sending us home. And so I was just curious, wanted to check in with my high school friends. So I was like, you know, how's school going? How are things doing? You know, things are weird. And I was pretty surprised by the responses because they told me, Carly, we are struggling. Um, You know, school is so weird right now. We have no classes. There's no support. Like we have no idea what to do. And our teachers don't know what to do either. And so I was surprised because I thought that my school district was doing a good job of transitioning. But I guess the reality was just that this pandemic was such a different situation for everyone. And nobody had ever had to deal with something like this before. And so they were just struggling. And I was thinking if my school district is struggling like this, what are other schools across the country all having to deal with right now? Um, So I thought there are a lot of college students who are probably really eager to find some way to help out during this time. And at the same time, I was reading all these articles about parents, um, working parents who now had to balance their full-time jobs with this new full-time job of having to keep their kids engaged at home because they they don't get to go to school or have any other programs to help them out. And I also saw these summer programs closing and basically families are just left with very little support. So I reached out to some of my friends and we were like, you know, what if we have college students come together and teach these fun seminars for students to learn from and just try to help help out during this time. So we got together and then within three days, we launched a website and put out a flyer asking for seminar teachers and we got a really good response. And we decided to structure our classes in waves of around two to three weeks. So for our first wave, we offered only 11 classes, I think, but we had 500 students sign up. And so that was really exciting for us. We're like, okay, cool. So people are enjoying this. And by the end of the summer, we had reached um, 12,000 students with, and we had run over 300 seminars. And it was just really great to hear all the encouragement from um, you know, students who really love taking these classes, which range from traditional subjects like we had algebra and quantum physics, but also some interesting ones like analyzing hip hop or analyzing contemporary art or intro to filmmaking. And parents are really glad to have this for their kids and principals are super excited about it too. And so, yeah, we, we were just really excited to work on it. And now that we're in the school year, we've been transitioning to try to help support students during the academic year. 
because online learning has still presented a lot of difficulties, especially across different areas where um, you know income differences and um, geographic differences cause a lot of students to suffer disproportionately from the effects of the pandemic. And so we're trying to support them as much as we can by offering free tutoring and college application help and mentorship and other things like that. Yeah, I'm curious, like, I guess your history with the education system and whether, you know, the education space has always been something of interest to you. And that's why it also spurred your decision to also, you know, pursue this during this really weird time this year. Right. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't have any real education background because I, I haven't had the chance to take any classes about education yet, but I guess the closest thing is when I was little, um, one of the first jobs that I ever wanted to have was a teacher because I just thought it would be so much fun to get to make my own curriculum and get to teach kids. Um, and then around middle school that changed into me wanting to become a professor. And so that's still something that I keep open as an option in the future. I don't really know where that'll go. Um, but other than that, I don't think I have um, that much of an education background. It's more of just a recurring interest and yeah, something that I did definitely want to explore more. So there was huge interest in your first wave. You had so many students who wanted to sign up. I was wondering if that came as a surprise or did you expect wave learning festival to grow that quickly and you know that whole experience around that really rapid growth yeah um i think the growth definitely came as a surprise to me um not that i i had faith that we could build something that could really help a lot of students and i i still have this big hope that we can continue to help as many students and families as possible but when we were just starting out you know we had no idea of what to expect for a first wave. And even when we think that something is super helpful, you never really know if you're going to be able to get it out to enough people or if people are going to want to trust a platform that has never been used before. And so we were we were really glad to see that people were engaging with the platform right off the bat. Um, and throughout the summer, our growth, I think, was also a little bit unexpected in that we definitely put a lot of work into doing outreach um, so we partnered with a lot of schools, talking to principals to get our resources to them, as well as partnering with organizations serving low-income youth and homeless youth. And so we put a lot of work in. But w- with regards to our growth, I think what really helped was when we were able to get news coverage the first time um, and when we were able to get the Today Show to cover us, that was really helpful just because that put us in front of a lot of families and, and so we're still always looking for opportunities to get these resources in front of people because we just want to get, um, get them to the people who really need them the most. Yeah. So did you have experience growing such a huge platform before or any entrepreneurship experience that allowed you to come in with fresh eyes to start Wave Learning Festival? Or did the entrepreneurship space at Harvard especially help with gaining these resources and especially with outreach and just growing the platform? Yeah, uh, I would definitely say that I have not had any entrepreneurship experience before, and neither did anyone else on our team, really. Um, what I will say is that I think every everyone on the team is a great leader and has had leadership experiences before, um, running either clubs or organizations before. And so that definitely contributed to being able to um, identify goals and be able to set out steps in order to reach those goals here at WAVE. 
But yeah, we came into this with pretty fresh perspectives and we were just trying to problem solve along the way. So when something came up, we didn't really have that kind of experience to draw on, you know, this is what we should do. So instead we would just come together, brainstorm ideas and go through the pros and cons of that and try to make decisions as a team. And so there were definitely some bumps along the way. We didn't always do the best thing looking back. And there were things that we could have done a lot better. But um, I think what I'm really proud of in terms of our team is that we're just really agile and we can respond to things quickly and just try to move forward from that. And it's worked out all right so far. Um, With regards to the entrepreneurship space at Harvard, um, I'm not super involved in that actually, but I would like to be more in the future. We recently joined the, the venture program at Harvard, but I think just because of the way things are with remote, it's been a little bit hard to connect, but we're definitely hoping that that can help us in the future. Yeah, so I'd love to talk a little bit more about you and your background and what inspired you to major in computer science and mathematics. And has that always been a passion of yours, even before deciding on attending Harvard? Yeah, I think a lot of this comes back to just the environment that I grew up in. Um, you grow up the Silicon Valley, I think I was always surrounded by these examples of what technology was doing and all these cool things people were building. And, and there was a lot of emphasis here on computer science education from a pretty young age. And so I got my first taste of computer science kind of in seventh grade when my friend dragged me to the programming club. I was like, no, computers are boring. And she told me, please, Carly, come on, we have to at least try it. So I was like, okay, fine, I will try this once. And then we got there and they pulled up Code Academy and we were just starting to learn um, how to program things in Python. And suddenly I just thought, this is so cool. Like, this is so much fun, just building these little things and getting to write something and see that turn into something that someone else can then interact with. And so from there, um, I also had a few experiences um, building things with, whereas uh, whether it was summer programs or research internships and things like that, that showed me the power of computer science to, first of all, build really fun things but more importantly, build really powerful things that I can use to solve different problems. Um, and so I think that's where where my interest in computer science came from. With math, it didn't come as early because I think throughout my earlier education in middle and high school, I always thought math was kind of cool. You know, it's all right, but I, I didn't love it. And I think this comes back to the way that math was presented in school in that oftentimes classes were just here's an equation or here's a formula and now do 30 problems that practice this formula. And there's only so much that you can pique someone's interest by doing repetitive exercises like that. But once I got to college and I took some of my first intro math classes and I was exposed to the beauties of proof-based mathematics, I totally fell in love with how cool everything was when you just learn a bunch of things and suddenly you can have this really beautiful proof that ties all these concepts together and it all just clicks at once. And, and so math is still something new that I'm exploring, but I'm really excited to see what more I can learn in these areas. Yeah, I'm wondering if, you know, the background and taking all of those classes helped in the growth of Wave Learning Festival, and if there's any new skills that stood out to you as you started to grow this platform. Yeah, I think probably the main thing was just as a student myself, and as all the other members of uh, our team, our students, we've 
all gone through school and we all know some things that can make learning fun and engaging and some things that can make learning more like a burden. And so with Wave Learning Festival, we really want to encourage students to explore their love of learning and make learning fun and not as a burden. And we see that because everyone who's here learning with us has no obligation to do so. Um, they don't get any grades. All the assignments are just for fun. There's definitely no expectation of completion. There's no exams or anything. And yet these students keep coming back just because they're really interested and they just want to learn these things. And, and so a lot of this is a matter of figuring out um, how to structure content in a way that appeals to students, whether that's, for example, we had a seminar called the Mathematics of Burritos. So kind of introducing students to these new ideas through something that piques their interest or something that they can relate to. Um, and also just making these classes formatted in a way that's really engaging and so that they get to participate all the way through. And this is why we think that having live features is so important because you can find a lot of resources on YouTube. You can listen to recorded lectures. You can learn from Khan Academy for a lot of subjects, but there's that element of connection with other students and of having those really engaging discussions and being able to work on projects together where in these cases you can learn so much by being more actively engaged. And you lose a lot of that when your sessions aren't live. And so that's why we think that having this live aspect is so important. And so we're also constantly iterating on what we're offering by talking to students and parents and reading research about what works for students. And we're hoping that we can make our services um, continually better as we move forward. Yeah, I'm wondering if you could share a story about how you met your team. And your team is quite large and it spans across different schools. So I was wondering just how you met your team and just knew that they were also as passionate about Wave Learning Festival as you were. Yeah, uh, so at the very beginning, it was just a group of friends. I reached out to mostly classmates from Harvard, as well as some of my old teammates from my robotics team, uh, where we were very close. And so it was a pretty small, tight-knit group of people working on getting this idea up at first. But after a while, I think halfway around the summer, basically, once we were trying to run 100 courses per wave and we had thousands of students that we were working with, we just figured we needed more people in order to help us make sure that we have a smooth experience and be able to meet the demand that we were having. And so we opened up an initial round of applications and we were able to welcome some new team members. And near the end of the summer, we decided to open up a new round of recruiting just because we had all these ideas and all these goals Going into the school year, we wanted to have free tutoring. We wanted to have college application help. Um, we wanted to be able to expand our outreach efforts to reach out to these organizations serving low-income youth and be able to reach more schools, more districts, um, and serve students across more states and countries. And so we, we just knew we needed more people to do this. So we opened up a round of applications, and we were overwhelmed by the interest that we got. In fact, we had to cut... Um, I think two thirds of the people who applied. And it was it was really sad because there were so many really excited people, really qualified students who all wanted to come together to work on this project. Um, but we were only able to accept around a third of our applicants. Um, and we got to meet all of them individually after reading their applications by talking to them and hearing about their interests and why they wanted to join WAVE. And everyone was kind of united by this interest in education and in helping kids 
And everyone really wanted to just give back during a challenging time. And so I think that's what's been able to make this team work is that we're all just united around a common goal, common interests, and everyone's really driven and talented in different ways. I'm always in awe at all the skills that our teammates have and all their new ideas. And yeah, it's definitely been challenging managing a big team because there's so many initiatives and so much happening at once all the time. But that's where having a solid leadership structure really comes in, where we have really solid directors who manage smaller teams with team leads. And when when leads are good, they're able to motivate their teams and keep everything running smoothly. And so, yeah, I'm just so thankful for my amazing teammates. Yeah, that sounds fantastic. Uh, now we're getting to the portion where it's kind of like an open discussion about, you know, the space that you're in and... I just want to learn more about how the education system has evolved and just more about how the pandemic has exposed kind of the flaws in our education system and, you know, how Wave Learning Festival is kind of breaking those barriers and really innovating in this space. Yeah, I think that's a really great question. Um, And obviously, I cannot pretend to be an expert in this area because I've just recently started working on this project and there's so many people who have done such great research and Um, you know, actual educators who have worked with students more. So I can only speak to what I've observed from my brief time working with WAVE. Um, But I think one thing to to mention is that students are really self-motivated. And I think there's a common misconception in schools that we need to load students with homework and exams and grades and attendance scores in order to get them to do things. But with WAVE, we found the complete opposite where we have no mandatory assignments, we have no exams, no grades, And yet students are still um, really excited to come in, passionate and ready to learn. They show up to all their classes. They engage really thoughtfully in their discussions and projects. They follow up with their teachers outside of class, do all these optional assignments and connect with their classmates, all because they just really love learning for the sake of learning. And they're really interested in the material. So I think, you know, we we should try to make sure that we, we treat students the way that they actually like to learn and that we don't need to over, overburden them with meaningless work and in, instead try to appeal to their interests and get them really engaged in the subject and see why what they're learning is so cool and how they can apply it in their lives. Yeah, I guess I was wondering if whether Wave Learning Festival has kind of reached this balance where, you know, kids are not on their screen all of the time. Yeah, I mean, I, I think definitely online learning is never a substitute for in-person learning because being physically present in a class helps so much more with keeping you engaged and just letting you facilitate more organic interactions with your classmates and your teachers. Um, And so Wave Learning Festival was never intended as a substitute for any kind of in-person learning or or real school. Um, But I think the benefit of having online education is that it's just so much more accessible in that you can reach so many more students without having to actually go to them um, because that's a lot more intensive in time and resources and it's just hard to get that out to more students. Whereas when you have one centralized hub online, anyone with a personal device and Wi-Fi access can come learn. And so that also brings up another barrier is that we know a lot of students are in need who don't have access to a personal device or don't have access to Wi-Fi. And so something that we're considering next 
is how to either partner with other organizations to get these technology, um, this technology to students who need it, or also to develop a low bandwidth version where we either let students access these resources by text somehow or in a way that doesn't consume as much online bandwidth. And so I think that's the next step for WAVE. But yeah, I think you, you have this trade-off always of um, the engagingness and I don't know if that's a real word, but the kind of pers- personability of having things in person versus the accessibility that online resources bring. Yeah, I think this segues great into the next question, which is future plans of Wave Learning Festival and where you think it's heading. And, you know, if the pandemic or our life somehow becomes normalized again and back to in-person learning, how Wave Learning is going to, you know, change as we go back to in-person learning, hopefully. Absolutely. Yeah. First of all, I really hope that day comes as soon as possible because I think we all need it. Um, And yeah, WAVE was started as a very specific response to a specific problem, which was the pandemic, increasing difficulties for students and exacerbating sort of these inequalities between different students. But I do think that we've set up such a good structure and all these really great resources for all students to access. And we really want to continue supporting students as much as possible, even beyond this pandemic, um, especially low-income students, because at the core of this whole project, we're trying to work towards educational equity and make sure that any student, regardless of their financial situation, regardless of whether uh, where they're from, still has this chance to do well in school, be supported academically, and also be able to explore their interests outside of school and discover what they might be really passionate about um, and get mentorship for that and be able to connect with other students who are also interested in the same things they are. And so moving forward, we want to continue developing our resources, whether that's free tutoring, free college application help, um, free career mentorship, and always have that accessible to students whenever they need it, as well as running these seminars. Um, Because even after, after the pandemic ends, these long-standing issues of educational inequality are going to continue to persist. And so we still want to make this accessible to all students as much as possible. Yeah, I'm wondering if there's any advice that you'd give to aspiring entrepreneurs or current students struggling with remote learning. Sure. Um, I don't think I can come from a place of expertise for this, but I think my biggest tip would just be if there's something that you think you want to start or you want to make, just go for it. Because You can never know all the details of how things are going to work out and you never have a guarantee of whether you're going to succeed or if things are going to work out the way you envisioned them from the beginning. But you're not going to know until you just try it. And there's a good chance that you will be able to create something really cool. And even if things go a little bit um, weird along the way, you can always work to overcome these challenges and just get it going and deal with things as they come and you'll do great. And I think that's the biggest challenge is getting something from zero to something, um, because you can think about, you know, what if things go wrong? What if um, it's just too hard? What if nobody wants to come and try this? But you'll never know until you just go out there. I think also as young people, um, a lot of people can underestimate us just because we don't have as much experience, which is true. And we maybe don't have access to as many resources as older people with more experience do. But there's also a real benefit that comes with being inexperienced, which is that you don't know what's not possible. And 
back when we were starting Wave Learning Festival, a lot of people did approach us and say, you know, I don't think this is sustainable in the long term. I don't think you're going to be able to grow this because of X, Y, and Z. And we just didn't know that. So we went for it anyway, and it just worked out. Yeah, I think those are all the questions that I prepared. Is there anything that you want to add? Um, I think not really, except if you're a student or if you're an educator and you want access to these materials or if you think someone could benefit, please check us out at www.wavelf.org. Or if you have feedback on what we could do to help you or other students more, let us know. We're always interested. Well, thank you so much, Carly, for sharing your story and for us learning more about what Wave Learning Festival is about. Thank you so much, Rachel. It's been so great to talk to you.